Blog Talk Radio. Today is a day after I got to live my daily fantasy, uh, fantasy, as the song says. I won my first GPP uh, over on FanDuel for $125. I just missed getting that lineup into the uh, bigger, the bigger tourney where it would have been second place and $3,000. I then followed it up uh, finishing 18th place in the evening $3 for a $300 win. So a uh, very good night for me. And um, it's been good for the mauler too, as he uh, seemingly has uh, JM to win on the ropes in their tournament of uh, playing head-to-head cash games over 30 days. Mauler, how you doing? Good, good. I think more on life support is how we're put it. Um, I'm up 10 games to two, and it gets pretty ugly. Um, but uh, we all know uh, the world of fantasy, and he could run off 10 straight at any time, but I doubt it will happen. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the mauler is mauling. Yeah, the mauler is doing what he does, and uh, he he kind of challenged you today to a tournament uh, type of thing. So we'll keep the people updated if that comes off. I'm trying to get in on that one too, because I think it would be fun. I in no way claim to be at the level of either JM to win or the Motown mauler, but for a new guy, I'm doing pretty good with baseball. And that's what our focus is going to be tonight. We're going to be reviewing the slate and mauler. Uh, what are you in the mood for, uh, the 27 or, uh, you feeling lucky today? No, I think the 27 is okay. Um, I, I feel lucky every day, but a lot of times I come out at the end of the night feeling unlucky. You know, a, a few foot for a home run here, a couple strikeouts there. But, uh, you know, we we go at it every day and, uh, you know, try our best. So, yeah, let's try the 27 and see if we can take down that first place of 20,000 tonight. All right. I, uh, I, I like that. Uh, I was tempted by the 740 people in the, uh, 
the 100 Cray warning track for 150. Maybe one of these days we'll do that when we have a little more time uh, to study. I think it's my turn to go first, and I will start with a recap of the pitching as I see it for the day. Uh, to me, Chris Sale is very expensive at 13.8, playing a very good hitting team in Houston. And for those reasons, I expect his ownership to be a little lower than it you normally would get with him. Uh, I haven't checked the Vegas line lately, but this morning uh, he was a minus 200 favorite. And with Houston being such a big strikeout team, his true K percentage or adjusted K rate is 39.5%, which is just silly. So, um, He's definitely someone that I've put into a number of lineups already today. Um, then you look at Steven Strasburg and uh, Harvey of the Mets, and they're facing off against each other. And I think uh, Strasburg is going to get some pretty good ownership. I think Harvey less so, but I'm not really interested in either one of them too much as um, I don't want to take a chance on who's going to have the better game. Uh, Both teams have pretty potent offenses. Uh, So in the next tier, Josh Tomlin at 7.4, even though Cincy has been very good, he is a guy on my radar with an adjusted K percentage of 23.6, a minus 140 favorite. And then I'm going to throw out a guy that I really like for GPPs, and that's big Jonathan Gray of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, He's a guy who's got really good stuff. He's got an adjusted K percentage of 24.7. He's not a favorite today. Uh, And Vegas has him at a 3.9 for St. Louis. But St. Louis is a team that you can get ahead of. And so I think he's a sneaky, interesting play. And then my low price option, the number one guy that I'm looking at is Jeff Locke, uh, 22% adjusted K rate, playing against Atlanta, only 6.2K, minus 157 favorite. So not a great pitcher, but you don't get great pitchers at 6.2K. And those are my pitchers for the day. Did I miss? Oh, one guy I missed is Samarja. A lot of people are on him today, but I'm not, not at 11.8. Go ahead, Mahler. Yeah, I like uh, Sale as well. I think anytime he goes out on the mound, he has to be an option. The price is up uh, even above Kershaw's range, but for a guy that's 8-0 pitching at home uh, against the uh, top strikeout team in the league, I don't mind paying up at all, especially if you can find one of those low options that you mentioned. Uh, I agree with you. I like Locke facing the Braves. Um, you know, I, I don't like playing right-handed pitchers against the Braves because the last few times um, right-handers has, have pitched against them, they've ran out seven to eight left-handed bats against them. But I do like throwing left-handers against them, which is why I like Locke today in the pitcher's park um, of PNC in Pittsburgh. Uh, one guy that's at 7,200 that I like, you mentioned the guy opposite him of gray. I like Michael Waka at home. He is favored, and I figure he'll be low-owned at 7,200. 
Yep, and the one concern I have about a sale-lock combo is I think that combo is going to be very, very, very popular. I think that, you know, if sale has 20% ownership tonight, and that uh, that's where I'm going to guess it's going to be in a GPP like this, maybe 20 to 25, I, I do think that you're going to see him with lock being the chalk at about 80% of those lineups. Yeah, I think um, I like the way you're thinking there too. And the thing is, is there's a few bats that I want to use against Locke too. So that kind of put me in a position to look elsewhere too, because he was my first idea when I went down, um, you know, looking through prices. But then I also saw there's a few guys that I wouldn't mind using um, against him. So uh, he's a guy that I really would like to put in. Um, but like I said, I do like Waka at 7,200, but you know, it's just a day where if you're going to go sail, you have to find some, uh, a cheap starter somewhere. Well, Josh Tomlin against Cincinnati, I know Cincinnati's been hot, but he's a, a 140 favorite 4.02 Vegas, 23.6 K percentage. I think, you know, a little bit more up in salary, uh, Waka, it really wasn't on my radar because I don't like guys with less than an 18, you know, uh, less than a 20% adjusted strikeout range. And he is 17.9 today. And, you know, he's, he's just not a great, uh, he's just not a great uh, strikeout guy. Um, could he yeah, be solid? What... Ab- absolutely. He could be solid. So I'm not taking them off the table. Why don't we uh, start with some bats and then come back to pitching today? Yeah, and one thing I like about Tomlin, too, is he is a lefty, and the best hitters, let's say, in the Cincinnati lineup, the Vados and the Jay Bruces are left-handed. So, you know, that gives us a little bit of an advantage with Tomlin. And, I mean, he is 5-0. and um, You get you get extra points for a win. Um the problem is, is he doesn't strike out a ton. Um, the most he's struck out in a game this year is six. And then after that, he's had four, two times, five once, three, and then one. Um, you know, and we know how important strikeouts are. But, uh, again, he's a guy that I don't mind plugging in as well. But like you said, let's go through the bats, see what we like, and uh, we'll see what we have left. All right. And just to, to be clear to everyone out there, what I mean when I say true K percentage uh, Tomlin has a 20.3 K percentage, which is right at the league average. He only walks 3% of the hitters, which might account for his winning as much as he has. And then you take that 20.3, divide it by the league average of 20 and times it by your opposition. So where Tomlin becomes interesting with strikeouts is that Cincinnati strikes out at a rate of 23.3. So that is, you know, something that I always really do a lot on. Um, it's something I, I rate highly because I do think that just adjusted K percentage is important. So um, I want to do something a little different today, Mauler. I want to just, before we go into the bats, I want to look at the bats from the perspective of what pitchers we think are gas cans. So 
do you have any teams that you're looking at that, you know, you're more interested in than others? Well, I like left-handed bats against Atlanta today. Um, so that is Polanco. You mean for and, Atlanta? No, against Atlanta. Against um, Atlanta. Yeah, Fulton. Fult, Ful, the guy that's a, a Scrabble name, Fulton Awitz, he gives up uh, a lot of hard-hit balls to lefties. I remember the first game out, I had a really, really good day um, by playing left-handers against them. I was hoping Matt Joyce would be in the lineup for Pittsburgh today, but he's not with Starlin Marte back. But Polanco is hitting third. Jasso is hitting first. So I, I want to target left-handers against him. But as you said, um, uh, for Atlanta, I like Chase Dionard. He's leading off. He's been seeing the ball well against Jeff Locke, uh, the lefty. And uh, I kind of like um, – Tyler Flowers against him as well, but uh, you know, uh, I kind of want to target some Yankee bats against Oakland. Um, Stripling hasn't been great against Anaheim, so I would like to try to target the big bats of Anaheim, possibly the Trouts and whatnot, and then uh, maybe a few Cleveland bats to see if they can stay hot. All right, so a couple of the the the, the what I call my uh, my fire uh, starters for today. Kendall Graveman has just been awful. You mentioned the yeah. Yankee bats, uh, but the Yankee bats have been awful. So I, I, I do have some stacks there, uh, but Ivan Nova has been pretty bad as well. He's got an adjusted K percentage today of 13.6, which is awful. And Vegas has him not too bad at 3.88, but I, I – I think that the A's bats in a big ballpark today, you know, we mentioned Tommy G uh, today. That was something he mentioned and I kind of agree with. I, I do like some of the Oakland bats today. Um, Stripling, I, I agree with as well. And then kind of sneaky, I think, are some of the guys from Minnesota against Estrada. And are they playing in Rogers? Uh, no, they're playing in Minnesota, and um, I actually had Estrada on my list as a pitcher to target today, but then I saw there were some pitchers at a better value than him, so I kind of took him off, but um, I, I kind of like Estrada today, but, you know, I, I would always think about targeting targeting Sano and those big bats of Minnesota against almost anyone. All right. I'm not, you know, again, these are just uh... – you know, we're making a lineup, but we're also uh, throwing out information into the world and hoping that uh, we end up blessing someone so that we uh, we uh, get more uh, listeners. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like Byung-Ho Park, too. Um, Jaso, not, not really. But why don't you start with the catcher position and give us a rundown there? Well, I like uh, Brian McCann. As we talked, uh, Graveman has not been good. Um, McCann hits righties well, so he's at the top of my list up there. Um, I like uh, a couple guys in the same game for value plays. I like Tyler Flowers against Locke at 2,800. He's hitting fifth. Uh, And I like Chris Stewart against uh, the Scrabble guy. Uh, the Scrabble last name from Atlanta, but he's hitting eighth, but he's only 2,400. So 
uh, McCann at the top, uh, Flowers down as a value, and uh, Stewart down as even more value. But like I said, he's hitting eighth. Um, you know, you might get a walk or two out of him just to get to the pitcher. But those guys that hit eighth in the National League don't get a lot of good pitches to hit. So we did agree, both agree on sale. So I'm going to stick him in from now, and then I'm going to make a point. And it's a game theory point. We we kind of already established earlier that because of how expensive sale is, that those who use him are going to probably go with Locke. So the fact that you like Flowers, and there's pretty good reason for it, I, I it makes me think that that is a sneaky game theory play by sticking a couple low-priced Braves bats in, and that way if the Braves do go off and Sale goes off, you know, and most of the guys who have Sale also have Lock, we, we, we might have a way of eliminating a lot of our Sale competition. Yeah, and that, that was my thinking in the beginning when I started doing my research and you know, I saw Locke and liked him, but I also liked a few of the Braves bats against him. And the good thing was those Braves bats were uh, decent value, so that way you could kind of piece together enough to fit somebody else in with Sale. But, yeah, I like Flowers. Um, he's, he hits lefties very well. He took uh, – I, I think he took Liriano deep yesterday. I know Flowers had a home run. I just don't remember or didn't see if it was off Liriano or not. But, uh, yeah, he's a guy that I, I love there at 2,800, which hitting fifth, I think that's a pretty pretty solid value. Yep. All right. So, uh, for now, anyway, Tyler Flowers in the attic is our uh, catcher. I will do a little bit of a uh, recap. I do like Joey Votto, um, even though he is lefty. Edwin, Edwin Incarcion. Um, hasn't been great, but uh, I like him tonight. Uh, I mentioned Minnesota, so Byung-Ho Park is definitely on my list. Uh, Jose Abreu is always a guy that I, I really like, uh, simply because, you know, for what you get out of him, he rarely is highly owned. So those are kind of the key guys that I'm looking at. And then I guess I'll also throw in the guitar god, Carlos Santana, um, as someone to consider as well. Well, I like uh, Encarnacion as you do. I love Abreu. One guy I'll mention up there at the top that's starting to heat up, I like Albert Pujols against Stripling tonight. Um, Pujols has really been picking it up. Uh, two of his last three uh, he's gotten 14 and 17 respectively, uh, and the other one he's gotten five. In between that, well, I'll run down his last seven, 19, 6, 20, 0, 17, 5, and 14 in the last seven for Pujols on DraftKings. And those are some pretty solid numbers, so that's why I like him. He's starting to pick it up. Um, a guy that I really liked earlier, but he's not in the lineup, was Mike Napoli. And then a guy I mentioned earlier um, that I really like because he's left-handed facing Atlanta is John Jaso at 3,500. And then um, I think if you're trying to have a low-owned guy that could go deep, um, for our listeners, look at the left-handed bats of Moss and Adams against Gray. I think they'll be very low-owned and do have a good opportunity to go deep. Actually, Moss is out of the lineup, so uh, just look at Adams maybe. 
All right. So that's our first base uh, recap. And where we had the most overlap, I think, was Edwin Encarnacion. Why don't we stick him in for now and then see, you know, how the rest of this plays out dollar-wise? Absolutely. All right. So your turn. Uh, let's do second base. All right. Um, up near the top, uh, I mean, Kipnis is in play. And, you know, anytime somebody is priced above Altuve, you kind of know they're in play. Uh, Altuve's face in sale, so his price has dropped a little bit. He's still 4800 but uh, I wouldn't consider him against sale, even though I'm guessing he's probably going to get a hit or two tonight just because that's the way he rolls. Um, I don't know if I've seen anybody in in recent time hit the ball as well as Jose Altuve does. And, you know, he's not probably going to be on our radar today, but I just wanted to get that out there. He's just a, a doggone hitting machine. Um, my guys that I'm looking at uh, for the second base position are more in the middle price point and down uh, towards the bottom. I like Starlin Castro against Graveman. He's at 3,500. A uh, guy that's sneaky that I, I really like and I'm kind of awaiting to see if he's going to be in the lineup tonight is Jimmy Paredes. He uh, started finally for the Blue Jays last night and he did hit a home run. Uh, he's a switch hitter, so he can play almost every day. And I'm interested to see how they're going to use him as they uh, claimed him off waivers from Baltimore. If he's in the lineup tonight, I really like him at 3000 And then as you move down towards the bottom, um, I think Daniel Castro batting seventh is an interesting play. Um, Daniel Descalo um, is, is playing against his old team in St. Louis. I'm not targeting him, but I just wanted to throw him out there for our listeners. He's only 2,500, um, and he's batting seventh for the Rockies, so he's behind all those uh, good left-handed hitters. Um, but my my two guys, I guess, are uh, are Jimmy Paredes at 3,000, and I like Starlin Castro at 3,500. All right. So um, I'm not really up on Paredes. Um, I never like going to Paredes because of the crowds. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I kind of like Neil Walker at 2.9. Uh, he's a guy who can hit a home run off of anyone. And I really like Daniel Murphy at 4.0. Matt Harvey hasn't been Matt Harvey. And um, there's, you know, he didn't go off yesterday, but, uh, there's still the, uh, revenge factor of Daniel Murphy against the Mets. Uh, so I, I, I do, I do like both of those guys. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I didn't really consider Walker just cause he's facing Strasburg. Um, he is hitting sixth in that order. We know he'll be sneaky. So if we, uh, if we do roster him and he does perform for us, we'll be ahead of the game just for the simple fact that people will be fading him because he's facing Strasburg. Daniel Murphy has to be in play um, because he's hitting fourth now behind Harper. And basically every time he comes up to the plate, Harper will be on base because I think uh, 18 of the last 21 plate appearances, uh, Harper's been walked. Um, So I don't mind him at all, especially against a struggling Matt Harvey. All right. So um, I think it really comes down to Starlin Castro or Daniel Murphy. Uh, I'm okay with putting Murphy. Castro. 
You want Murphy? Uh, yeah, I would go Murphy just for the simple fact that, you know, he's uh, he's going to hit with runners in position every time, you know. Awesome. All right. So um, we're definitely going to need some money somewhere as we're only got an average of 4150 But let's keep going. And I will take us through the third base position. Um, it was always a good position to get into while dating. But I'm bump. All right. So um, I do, you know, trying to look a little lower uh, in, in pricing. Uh, I know uh, the bat loves Matt Carpenter and Josh McDonald and Josh Donaldson today. Uh, we have EE in, so you know that that's a big thing. But Danny Valencia at 3.8, uh, Trevor Plouf at 3.4, and uh, you know I would say. Uh, batting fourth, Jung Ho Kang is very interesting at 3.6. What do you think of third base? Yeah, I like Kang the most out of the guys you just mentioned. Um, but there's two guys that I'm targeting at third base. Um, the first is Colin Moran. Oh, actually not Colin today. I forget he's facing sales. So the only guy on my list is Chase Diarnod. He's hitting uh, leadoff against Locke. Um, he's the first guy that I thought of when Locke was pitching when I heard he was hitting leadoff. He's only 3,000. I have him plugged into a lot of my lineups today because he's been really seeing the ball well. Um, not a huge power guy, but he can hit you a home run now and again. But he is hitting 320. He got a stolen base yesterday. However, we both know it is more difficult to steal off a left-handed pitcher. But he is hitting leadoff. You might get that extra bat out of him, and he's only 3,000. So he's, he's the one guy that I'm targeting outside of the first two that you mentioned in Donaldson and Carpenter. All right. Um, so you, you don't like uh, Valencia against Ivan Nova? No, um, I would like Valencia against a lefty, but uh, not so much against uh, Nova. I mean, granted, Valencia has been scorching hot. Um, but I think, uh, I think, I mean, if we had the $800 left over to spend, I would move up for him, him or Kang. But since we're trying to save money, I was just looking kind of lower down the price range, but I have, All right. No well, why don't you, ta- him why don't you take this? Th- why don't you take us through the short stops? Because Darno is also short stop eligible. Yep, and that's what the first thing was I was going to mention is he's also uh, shortstop eligible. Um, Daniel Castro from the same game hitting seventh at 2,700 is also a shortstop. Um, I like Jordy Mercer down at 2,900. He's also batting seventh, though, so if I'm going to target any of those guys, I'm going to target probably D'Arnaud because he's hitting first. I really like Cozart against Tomlin, who's also hitting leadoff. He had a good night last night, and I think he'll continue it today. I really like uh, Alid Miss Diaz. He's going to hit second today against Gray, and uh, you know he's still hitting 376 on the season. And anytime he moves up in the order, though, his ownership goes up. So those are my guys uh, that I like down at the middle and lower price range, and then up at the top, I like Lindor. Well, I really like Diaz. He is, you know. Uh, kind of my uh, my go-to guy today. 
but the you know again the issue is he is going to be owned a little bit more because he moved up in the lineup. So I don't have a problem with a one-off on Cozart uh, at 3.2 either. So to me, the question is, do we like Kang at 3.6 or Cozart at 3.2? Um, wow. That's, that's one of those where we should probably flip a coin. I mean, All right. I think I'm going to put, put Kang in just because uh, did we put, no, we didn't put, oh yeah, we, uh, we didn't put any, uh, pirates in. So let's go with the, let's go with the money saving for now, since we're on the fence. Uh, we're going to put Chase in at, um, third base and Cozart in at shortstop. And so I will start us on the outfield, uh, you know, you mentioned Bryce Harper uh, getting walked a lot. So he's a guy that I am uh, a little nervous about. Um, based on that, Sano, um, you know, he's a one-off guy that I, I do like. I think that uh, Michael Saunders at 3.5. I think Rajay Davis is going to be very, very highly owned today, but I'm not interested against a right-hander. Um, I really like Michael Conforto at 2.9. I just think that batting third in that Mets lineup, even against Strasburg, um, I, I just think the value there is is pretty pretty ridiculous. Chris Davis at 4.1, Josh Reddick at 4.0. I think that Josh Reddick is super sneaky because most people will be on Davis. Uh, so those are some of the guys that I've got in the outfield. What do you got, Mueller? Well, my top guy is uh, Gregory Polanco, um, the pitcher for I Atlanta. I forgot struggles. him. I like him. Yeah, he, he struggles heavily against left-handers, and he's hitting third. Um, you also have great stealing potential out of Polanco, so that's a, a chance at some extra points. So I really like him. Um, he's at 5,200. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's quite expensive. But to balance that out, my second-ranked guy is actually only 2,500, and that's uh, Jeff Francoeur. Um, he hits lefties well. He's hitting fourth in that Braves lineup. We talked about how going contrarian against Locke would be a decent play. And I've actually had Francoeur penciled in my lineup all day for some odd reason. I mean, you know, he's kind of a hit-or-miss guy. But uh, uh, the other day he did hit a home run against uh, – uh, another lefty, I forget who it was, but um, it was big for a lot of people. So I have Frenchie in there priced at 2500 uh, I do like Rajay Davis after just totally missing on him yesterday. Um, another guy hitting leadoff in the hitter's park. Um, I did uh, have a good thought of Conforto when I passed by and saw he was only $2,900. Um, again, like we discussed earlier, I think he – is going to be someone that is very, very under-owned just because of the matchup. And, you know, for a guy hitting third, uh, you know, he only needs, you know, a, a double and an RBI or, uh, you know, a home run will put you way over the top because people won't have him. Yep, that's, uh, that's, that's all, you know, really interesting thoughts. If we put Frankenur, Conforto, and Polanco in the lineup, 
that leaves us with 8,100. So that would mean that we could go with Estrada uh, or Tomlin or Waka from our list and have extra money to upgrade Conforto. Uh, or to, you know, if we're going Polanco, I, I like the idea of upgrading to Kang. I think that that's pretty interesting. I mean, this lineup is kind of crazy, to be honest. Uh, but that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that it's not a good idea. No, I mean, you look at what what won yesterday. You had lineups with Rajay, um, you know, mixed in with some other lower-owned guys that did really well. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say go look at your adjusted K rates for Estrada, Tomlin, and those guys and just see what it, what it tells us from there and, and kind of give us the direction on what way to go. Well, Tomlin had the best one. So, if, you know, if we stick him in, take Cozart out, and put Chase in at shortstop and Kang in at third base, that leaves us $300. So if we look at who we could upgrade Conforto from, from there, um, Jason Worth at 3200 Matt Holiday at 3200 Marquesas, uh, Austin Jackson, Lonnie Chisenhall, Ben Revere. I, I still kind of like uh, Conforto there. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of having him probably solo owned because of his matchup too. Um, I think Melky Cabrera could be a sneaky play at 3,100. He's top 10 the last, uh, (laughs) excuse me, two of the last three. But uh, I think we're on the same page as where we kind of like Conforto there. I mean, if we can find, if we can find 200 more dollars, we could get up to Rajay, but, um, like you said, he'll be a little little more highly owned after yesterday. Yeah, uh, highly owned uh, against a righty pitcher. You know, I, I struck gold with Rajay yesterday, and I don't feel any need to go back to the well there. Um, I mean, you know, Tomlin but for sure has the better K rate. I mean, it's it's dangerous since he's been hot. Uh, but Cleveland bats have been very hot as well. And, you know, if we, t- if we look at Kang at 3,600, we can get up to Danny Valencia, which that didn't interest you. If we look at uh, Encarnacion, you know, he's the highest rated guy on the board. So there's no way to upgrade there. I don't want to mess with any of the Braves if we're going to do that. And yeah, I don't, I don't, miss- I don't mind Val- Valencia over Kang, though. Um, I mean, I think both either one of those guys are, are decent picks tonight. I'm just I, I like mean, Kang. Are- if if we've got Polanco, I don't see moving off of to, you know, I, I I like the you know that symbiosis of having Kang and Polanco if we're going to do that. Um, yeah, I I mean yeah, but- I you know the only other spot is second base and Murphy. Yeah, there's no way to go up from there. So unless we're going to go down somewhere else, like if we go down from Murphy to Starlin Castro, but I, I think this lineup has a lot of possibilities. You know, we just got to hope that Jeff Locke gets racked and Josh Tomlin doesn't. The only other way to do this would be to stick Locke in for Tomlin 
take out the Braves and, and see where we're at. But uh, I don't know at this point if we want to do that. No, like, and just looking at what's left, the only other guy that really jumped out at me as a possibility was Lonnie Chisenhall in the outfield as an upgrade con- from Conforto. But he's one of those hit-or-miss guys, and he's uh, hitting six for them. I'd, I'd kind of rather have Conforto hitting third, even though it's against Strasburg, than Chisenhall hitting six against Alderman. Um, I mean, I know... Chisenhall probably has the best matchup and he is against a righty, but um, I don't know. I, I just think uh, Conforto's the sneaky play, even though Conforto's been struggling, you know. Well, he hit that home run, um, was it last night or the night before? Um, yeah, night before. Yeah, so, you know, he he's one of those guys. He's streaky. He could get going. Um and I just think he has the most, you know, Melky though. Melky is interesting, but if we go to Melky, then I'm 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 kind of interested in moving off in Carnacion and going to Abreu. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, if we did that and took out in Carnacion and took out Conforto and went Melky and Abreu. That would leave $400, so it really doesn't change. So, you know, do you like Melky and uh, Abreu uh, against Houston at home, or do you like Conforto and Encarnacion? Well, I like the fact that Abreu and Melky are on the same team. Um, and if if we went head-to-head, I would probably take Abreu over Encarnacion but Encarnacion's been heating up a little bit. He hasn't had under seven points uh, the last four. And then out of his last eight, um, he hasn't had less than seven either, other than one time where he had zero. But, uh, again, it's one of those one of those times where you flip a coin, you know. Uh, I'm good with either one. All right. I'm going to leave in Encarnacion and Conforto. I, I, I think that um, we're going to get – We've got a really interesting mix here with the Braves stack. Obviously, we need Chris Sale to just strike out 12 Astros and and, and throw a one-hitter for this lineup to cash big. Uh, but, um, I mean, the only other thing I could think of to make this lineup better would be to take Sale out, go down to a guy like John Gray, and then just load up on some bats. But... Um, that that would be yeah, the but, only other way to kind of fix this lineup. I think yeah, if we're no, gonna no. go if we're gonna go sale, I think that we've kind of put ourselves in a good spot. Yeah, and you know, like we said at the beginning, sale is a, one of the top five pitchers in the game, facing the team that strikes out the most in the game at home. So uh, it's just something that you know you kind of don't want to miss out on today, if possible. I mean, he could. He could finally have a bad game, but uh, I just don't see it. No, no, I, I, I'm happy with it. I'm going to hit enter, and that concludes another episode of the Run to Daylight broadcast. Please tune in tomorrow where I will be interviewing Derek Carty of ESPN and the Bat Fame, and I will be asking him questions about scout school. 
he went to scout school, and I think that could be very interesting to find out what scout school is, what did it entail, how long was it, um, things of that nature, and then we'll get into asking him questions about the bat and about being snarky, just a little bit snarky. And um, I, I really like Derek. He's a good guy, and I'm looking forward to having him on. Yeah, I think uh, that'll be a good interview. I will remember to tweet out the link so all my followers can can hop on and listen to that. That's one that you don't want to miss, folks. Yep, and um, I'm looking forward to that. Derek, you know, what I love about him is he, he you know, he he brings analytics plus scouting. And I tend to like to play him in head-to-heads just to see how he interpreted the bat versus, say, how I interpreted it. Um, so, all right, folks, we thank you very much for your listenership, and we thank you very much that you have gone the distance with us. Now, we're going to go the distance with you from the first Rocky movie, Go in the Distance. Mauler, good luck tonight in all your matchups, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Todd. Let's uh, do it again soon.